This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you this evening uh, with uh, tears in my heart because it's Matt's last night. He's on to... um, uh, he's crossing the pond, shall we say, and heading over <laughs> for uh, taking a, a rowboat. A great opportunity, yes, yes, and I'm sure you will um, soar at uh, whatever you do, Matt. Uh, so we're into the second hour of the sex show on Thanksgiving. Hopefully, you have enjoyed a lovely Thanksgiving dinner. You know, these holidays are difficult for a lot of people. I always like to um, mention our unsung heroes. Loneliness is is. On the rise, and uh, loneliness is very difficult, and it's a big health issue. It can increase your peripheral vascular resistance and elevate your blood pressure, and it actually may lead to an early death. So what's what's good if you feel lonely, if you're feeling sad for yourself or your family is away or for whatever reason, you know, it's nice to reach out, reach out and touch. Um, that's always good, but reach out. <laughs> And and help somebody else or go down to the community center perhaps nearby and just be around other people, do something for somebody else. Uh, I realize uh, holidays can be very challenging for a lot of you. So make the most of it and um, understand that uh, there are people out there and that there are people that are willing to help and Willing to help you. There was a great piece done by Nikki Reitmeyer here on CKNW. I was listening to it this afternoon. It was about the John Vulcan Addiction Treatment Center, two-year treatment center. If you get a chance, go and and listen to it. Uh, it was around four o'clock this afternoon. I can actually find out um, exactly the time for you, but but very interesting. And in this uh, hour of the program, we're going to be talking about parenting. And some of the things that parents do, you know, parenting has changed so much. We have play dates now. Everything has to be organized and structured. And and we're fearful, in, in part because of media stories, of uh, letting our kids uh, have some freedom. So I'm just going to talk to you a little bit about that. Also going to be talking about addiction, because I actually think... We have, we have a big addiction problem in this country and certainly in this city, in this province and, and in this country and, and in this world. And, and the addictions are everything from chocolate to shoes to food to love to heroin, crack, cocaine, crystal meth, MDMA, marijuana, GHB um, and sex. There are people who have addictions to sex. I see a lot of patients in my clinical... And alcohol. I forgot the one. Like, probably the most common addiction is alcohol. Um, I see a lot of patients in my clinical practice who come in with sexual health issues, and more often than not, there is an addiction to something. And, you know, I have to say, the people who are having bladder issues, who who drink two and three glasses of wine, which actually means six... (laughs) four to six each night um, for 30 years. This, you know, can be something you are relying upon. Uh, We don't talk about our feelings. I'm going to be talking about why uh, sometimes people don't talk to their partners about their feelings and how that can be detrimental to you and your relationship. And also going to be talking a little bit further about addiction and this book that I'm reading, Russell Brand's book, uh, about addiction. 
It's called Recovery, Freedom from Our Addictions, a book by Russell Brand. He has a very unique approach to talking about a 12-step program. And I send a lot of my patients to 12-step programs because they can be extremely beneficial. There is no guidebook as to how you should be in this world. And many people are victims of tragedy when they're children. Maybe they've been abused. Maybe they've been neglected. Maybe they have witnessed their grandfather being shot at point-blank range. Um, Maybe they have been sexually assaulted. Perhaps they have had experienced another type of trauma. And this can lead to numbing their feelings with substances. It's a very common issue, but... Um, Russell Brand is uh, is brilliant, I, I think, in his approach. He talks a little bit about his marriage to Katy Perry. And one thing I thought that was very interesting, he said that he actually projected his problems onto Katy Perry. And don't addicts do that? They project their problems onto somebody else. It's typically the spouse. Well, if you didn't do this, I wouldn't do that. If you didn't do this, you're the cause. You're stressing me out. You're causing me great grief. But... Uh, he once they become clean and sober, and he says it's a challenge every single day. But once they become clean and sober, they realize that they own that. They have to own um, what you know their choices, their decisions, their poor decisions in life. Addicts lie as well. That's something very common for addicts. They lie, and they even when they don't have to, they lie. And and so I highly recommend this book. Recovery, Freedom from Our Addictions uh, by Russell Brand. He is a comedian and actor. He's been a radio host. Um, but he, believe me, he was down and out. And he actually said, you know, he knew people worse off than he was. He had a multitude of addictions that crossed many different aspects of his life. And he would be on to one and off the other. And, you know, addictions often morph into something else. So you you may go off of your heroin, but it may morph into alcohol, and then it may morph into marijuana, and then it may morph into crack or cocaine. And so he's pretty much experienced it all, and he's got 14 and a half years under his sobriety belt, which is which is fantastic. There are a number of 12-step programs um, for narcotics uh, addiction, for sex addiction, although I'm not big on the sex addiction 12-step program because, and, and hopefully, um, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, essay out there, but you're in a room full of sex addicts. You know, sex is the most difficult addiction to overcome because we can live without heroin, we can live without alcohol, we can live without cocaine, we can live without chocolate and shoes, but you really cannot live without intimate relationships. Touch is so important and sex is vital to any relationship and to think I can never have sex again. It's actually oppressive. It's, and it's not natural. And so you're in a room with, especially early on, um, and sex addicts can actually uh, spot each other a mile away. You go into a room and the sex addicts will be on the opposite sides and they can tell who plays as they say, are you a player is a common question. And and so I think it's uh, dangerous to send people off to a sex anonymous, that's just my feeling, uh, a sex anonymous meeting. I think it's actually better to send those people off to 
an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting because AA goes through the 12 steps and it actually can apply to any addiction. And often people have a number of addictions. And so you're still learning the 12 steps and you're less likely uh, to have another sex addict in the room unless I send them all. Um, but I, I think it's uh, it needs a different type of therapy, um, but but perhaps a little bit more um, one-on-one work with the 12 steps. I'm, I'm a big fan of the 12 steps. I've, I've seen it help a lot of people. It's, it's not for everybody. And there's certainly, um, there's certainly, there's certainly criticism about it. This abstinence, a lot of people don't go for abstinence um, as the model for recovery, but that it works for a number of people. And it's been around, I think since the thirties, um, Alcoholics Anonymous has. And so there's a lot of support. And that's one thing around recovery is, is being around people who are uh, supportive in the same boat. So that works. So also going to be talking about um, uh, the new midlife crisis. And it's not men. So that's been around for a long time. In fact, the term midlife crisis was coined by psychoanalyst Elliot Jacques in a 1965 journal article. And it usually involves kind of, you know, blowing things up like your marriage, mainly the marriage um, blows up at that time. But also careers can be impacted, norms and mores, reputations. And, you know, the drill panic ensues when a man starts to lose his hair. And that leads to a frenzy for the hottest red car, (laughs) the fastest one to reclaim that lost youth and un earth any college vinyl that might be left over. You've been through it. You've had the midlife crisis. Your neighbors have seen it, and now you're better. (laughs) If you can get over that, you can get over anything. But this is a different type of a midlife crisis, and um, it affects women. I'm going to be talking about that when I come back. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Hopefully you've had a lovely turkey dinner. Did I take care of you tonight, Matt? With uh... Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> I'm just getting into the chocolate cake now. Oh, excellent. That was a turkey cake. I actually tried to get you a microphone cake. Um, but it had to, uh, you know, I was afraid it was going to have a bit of a phallic look, <laughs> <laughs> which would have been perfectly appropriate for the sex show. Oh, that's awesome. But I thought we've talked turkey so much over the year and a bit. And uh, so yeah, well, for those the- of you that don't know, Maureen brought me in a turkey sandwich <laughs> and I hadn't had dinner because I've been working all night and it was amazing. Cranberry bread from the Langley, no, the Ladner, sorry, Fort. Fork. Yeah, there was like a cranberry yeah, nut the bread, cranberry and then I could bread. taste orange in the cranberry sauce that yeah. was inside it, yes, and then she brought gravy the too. The marmalade was in there, yes, And it she was. came in a little container that I could put it on top so it would be nice and fresh. Okay, well, yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to give a shout out to the, the Cranberry Festival in Fort Ladner yesterday. Is that where it was? Not in Fort Langley. I, I get all those places confused. <laughs> anyway, I know about sex, not geography. I'm sorry, but... Uh, Langley. Was it out in Fort Langley? Anyway, love Langley. Langley. Love for Langley out there. Uh, I want to talk about, there's so much to say about Generation X that I I don't think we can do it in in five minutes, which is what we have until the news. Generation X, or the Generation X women, um, let's say, so much to say about us. Uh, Between 1965 and 1984, this is um, that period of time for when 
Generation Xers were born. Um, and this is these are tough days for Generation X women. And it's been described as the, the problems that they're having has been described as uh, the new midlife crisis, the different midlife crisis from men. Nearly 60% of Gen Xers describe themselves as stressed out. 60%. These stressed out women are raising the next generation if they got married and had children, and they are stressed out. A 2009 analysis of general social survey data showed that women's happiness declined both absolutely and relative to men from the early 70s to the mid-2000s. More than one in five women are on antidepressant medication. And a lot of middle-aged women are overwhelmed. They've got too much on their plate. They're trying to do it all working inside and outside of the home. Uh, Still, the lion's share of the housework remains on them. Who do you think made that sandwich, Matt? Um, And and cleaned up. Uh, We do the lion's share of the housework. I'm sure there's a lot of guys out there that help with housework, but you know what? Cutting the lawn doesn't count, especially if you have a rider mower. Um, We have more difficulty progressing in the workplace and um, it's just it's just not the same uh, for women. The responsibility for the children lies on women. There's a social science term referencing a dip in happiness that occurs in midlife around the world, and that occurs even in apes. So that's for everybody. And so we know that for women, the happiness bottoms out around age 40, and for men, it's around age 50. We don't talk about this time for women, this time in a woman's life, um, because women begin to, another thing that happens is the hormones begin to fluctuate in the late 30s. Vaginal dryness can occur at age 31 for women or for women who are on oral contraceptive pills, but all of a sudden you are, you maybe delayed your fertility, so you delayed having a baby because perhaps you didn't meet the right person or Perhaps you decided to focus on your career and build a house first and then have the kids and you want everything in perfect order and you're a perfectionist. And, and so now you are 40, whatever, 40, 45, uh, and you have a couple of babies and a full-time job and you perhaps you're the principal breadwinner. Uh, you have responsibility for the bills and you are taking care of your parents as well. And so this is a, a very different time. We don't study women. So the Generation Xers are wedged in between the millennials, who are also depressed or at risk of depression, and baby boomers. And, and so this is a very difficult uh, time in, in life. And I see a lot of women in my clinical practice, they come along and they're, they're stressed out, they're upset. They have low sexual desire for their partner, but not for somebody necessarily outside of the relationship. They make decisions that they are often ashamed of later. Um, you, they, I had a patient in my clinical practice. So if your parents are divorced, it's a, you see the world in a fundamentally different way. You're, you're, I, I had a patient this week who said that her, she wasn't happy in her marriage, but she said her marriage was everything because her parents divorced. And, and that was in the 
early 80s that her parents had divorced. And it was a time of massive change for her. Her financial situation changed. The family's financial situation changed. That was the first generation of latchkey kids. There were high crime rates in the headlines. There was the AIDS epidemic began. Um, and the transition to adulthood was rocky. And so the marriage was, looked like something that should be stable. But this is a very challenging time for women, especially as they, those 10, those maybe 10 months to 13 years leading up to marriage to menopause, which is called the perimenopausal years. You can get heart palpitations. Uh, you can get uh, mood disorders. You can get upset very easily. You can gain weight, especially around the middle, feel less than sexy. So lots of issues. So if you hang around to the next half an hour, I'll tell you ways that you can help this midlife crisis for women. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. We're talking about midlife crises for women. We associate those with men. By the way, if you want to give me a call, 604 280 604, I'll say that slower, 604-280-9898. You can always email me, sextalk at cknw.com. Talking about stressed out women in the middle years. This can lead to... Uh, increased midsection <laughs> for women, which makes them feel less than sexy. I had a woman in my clinical practice this week. She was so stressed out. She was a single mother and she was working, but she had additional stressors on her and they were self-imposed. This child of hers was in everything, every sport you can imagine, creative programs, music programs. He was a runner. He did everything. There, it was all structured play. There was no free play for this child, and the entire focus was put on this child. The father is involved in the child's life, and the father is an excellent parent and does take his time and seems to, with the child, and seems to actually do activities like playing with the child, which is unusual because typically you go to a park today and you will see the kids playing on the jungle gym and the parents sitting there on, on screen time. And this is not necessarily helpful um, when we're putting them in soccer class and I mean, it's in soccer programs and dance class and Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts, art camps on weekends. And, and you know what, they're, these guys are are organizing baseball games on Mother's Day. Don't um, so. This is a, a full pack schedule for uh, little children, and today's children are experiencing unprecedented levels of pressure, anxiety, and depression, all stemming from a lack of self confidence, resilience, independence, connection, and a self uh, and a self, sense of self. According to Melissa Bernstein, co-founder of Melissa and Doug. We might think we're protecting them from being bored or falling behind. There's no time for our children to reflect. When we don't allow them to get bored or fall behind or learn from their mistakes, we are preventing them from the open-ended experiences that allow self-discovery and what they love about life, what their passion is, and what their purpose is. The survey that was done by Melissa and Doug was interviewed a thousand adults over the age of 18 with children up to the age of 10 years in Canada, Australia, and the UK. They asked them what they thought of different types of play children engage in. And so when it comes to unstructured play, 57% believe the only skill children get out of unstructured play is creativity. Only one in three 
one in three, well, only three in 10 believe children develop problem solving skills, self-confidence and other skills, art, athletics, etc. But when asked to identify which of the 12 qualities are the most and least important for children to develop by the age of 10, 63% said the most important was self-confidence followed by social skills, which was 46% and academic skills, 42%. Only 28% identified creativity as an important skill followed by problem solving, 24%. We need to raise children who are creative and able to solve problems, especially their own. And when it comes to boredom, only about one in five parents strongly agree that it's good to let children be bored. Let me tell you, it is fine to let children be bored. It is okay. Oftentimes, parents jump in with potential activities. And some of the activities today are so unhealthy television, smartphones, and other screen time devices. According to the surveyors, the children in the UK, Australia, and Canada average about 19 hours a week of screen time. We are talking about kids under the age of 10, okay? However, over 40% of parents would prefer that their child plays outside or do things with a parent or another adult. The Canadian Pediatric Society, by the by, does not recommend children under the age of two have screen time. Now, I have seen children on planes with screens, and once the Internet goes away, they're under the age of two. They can barely speak. And um, once the Internet is off, the plane takes off, the child is screaming because the iPad no longer works. Children between two and five years should only have less than an hour per day of screen time. So this is so important to raise your children in a healthy manner and unstructured free play. I think it actually helps kids to get along with each other. It helps team build. Parents do face this perpetual pressure to keep their children busy all the time. And that's what this woman was doing. She was keeping her child busy all the time. She had some financial issues and, and all these programs are incredibly expensive. And this child was developing some nervous anxiety, which, and he was nine years old. So it wasn't, he was, from what she described to me, he was having a little bit of difficulty sleeping. He wasn't slowing down enough to write properly. So he was having difficulty with penmanship. A little bit of difficulty in school was starting to um, come forward. Um, he was having just some little issues with friends and she was incredibly stressed. She had gained a tremendous amount of weight. She told me she had gained about a hundred pounds since her divorce, which was about five years ago. And, and so she felt alone. She felt hard done by, and she didn't put herself first. And this is a precursor to this midlife crisis that many women face. Now, whether you, you don't necessarily have to be a single mom. You can definitely be a married mother. If you don't put yourself first, you can't take care of anybody else. It's much like the oxygen on the plane. You have to put the oxygen on yourself before you can put it on a child. And they recommend that. And that's the same analogy for life and for raising children. And parenting is actually spending quality time with your kids, not competing with the neighbors, not putting the, your children in the most programs in the neighborhood. Very few people will actually be, um, you know, all, uh, all-star hockey players or, um, which everybody thinks they will be. But, you know, last week I did say that, uh, the chances of your child being a Canuck did was a little bit higher, <laughs> but after last night's game, no, <laughs> um, so no more is your child, does your child have a chance to, uh, to make the Canucks because they're looking good. Um, but you know what? 
free play is important and less structured activity um, is is vital for just for them to free and to be able to be free and to do what they want. You know, structured activity isn't bad, isn't all bad. You learn how to work within a team, listen to others. You might have another authority figure other than your parents. And there are just, those are just some of the benefits. Um, but just keep that in mind that uh, it's okay for kids to get out in the backyard and play and have a little fun and you take some me time as long as everybody is safe, um, but also take some time in the evening. A lot of mothers stay up really late to try to get the finances done or to maybe to make some curtains. Or I heard a woman say uh, that after her children went to bed, she made curtains for her entire house. And, you know, they went to bed at like nine o'clock and she was up till two o'clock in the morning. She was renting out her basement suite. And, and the person said, what are you doing? You know, up there working? And, and she said, yeah, I am. Uh, so, you know, remember, you've got to reflect smell the roses, enjoy life, take some time. Don't put so much stress on yourselves because you're putting the stress on your children as well. And if you're having issues like heart palpitations, if you're in your 40s, having issues like heart palpitations, vaginal dryness, low sexual desire, um, hormonal fluctuations, feeling you know happy one day and crying the next, um, or if you're having difficulty sleeping, these can all be related to hormonal fluctuations. You want to have a conversation with your doctor about that, whether hormone therapy is right for you or not. We're going to be reviewing all of this at Hot Flash in the City. The first one is October 19th at Centennial Theater in North Vancouver. It goes from 6.30 to 9.30. Tickets are available on my website, backtothebedroom.ca. It's the ultimate ladies' night out. Bring some friends and, and come on over. And I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. When I come back, we're going to be talking about addiction, sharing your feelings, and why that's important. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the work that I do, and I just want to remind uh, people out there, when you have any type of an illness, there may be an adjustment, especially to your romantic life or your sexual health life. And I can't say this um, enough. Uh, If you have sustained a spinal cord injury through a traumatic injury, an accident at work, a car accident, your things are going to change for you and there's certain equipment that you will need and, and disposable equipment, perhaps renovations to your home, renovations to your bathrooms, renovations to the entrances to your home. Um, you may have been the principal breadwinner and that can no longer be. I do some expert witness nursing reports and so I basically, that means that I am hired to assist the court in their decision and um, I'm not an advocate for anybody but... I basically just present um, the prognosis, um, especially around sexuality, bladder, and bowel. And so I think it's always worthwhile for patients to at least speak to a lawyer. And, and that said, some of the lawyers don't go after some of the, uh, it's my understanding anyway, that some lawyers are so uncomfortable with the subject of sex and sexuality and bladder health and bowel health, and patients as well are uncomfortable with this subject, that it's not addressed in some of the cases. And I heard about a patient recently who didn't think that a lawyer could help him in any way. He had an accident um, on a mountain, and I 
said, I didn't know him, I had just heard about him, but I said, you know, it is worthwhile for him to speak to a lawyer, even just to get that advice, um, whether there can be a claim or not, because it's going to be incredibly expensive. And oftentimes, people are injured in their 20s, 30s, and 40s and live many years after that and may need catheters and, and other such items, pads and and caregivers at home and and that type of thing. And all of that is expensive and somebody may be liable. So don't necessarily make the decision for yourself because that can also add a lot of stress. If you have a new spinal cord injury, you will likely have a lot of adjustments to make and, and you might be wondering how your injury will affect your romantic life or your sexual life, especially if you're looking for your par- for a partner, especially if in your, in your 20s or 30s um, or maybe you're in a relationship. Uh, what what do you tell someone about your disability? And and you have a lot to learn about it as well. So how do you handle those changes in your body? And what you know, many of my patients will ask me what to do um, during especially their first sexual encounter, even if they've been with the person for a long time. So spinal cord injury does not signal the end of your romantic life. It's quite the opposite. You might find that an exciting relationship is right around the corner. Um, You might meet that right person um, right in the nick of time, but a lot of it is up to you. And so in meeting people, it can be tough to meet people in the best of circumstances. And with a disability, you might be concerned about people's reaction to your disability. The same strategies will apply uh, to meeting people, whether you have a disability or not. So you want to make sure you get out there and socialize with friends. Take every invitation uh, that is offered. Uh, Take classes, volunteer in your community, ask friends and family to introduce you to others. Remember, you are not your injury. You are still you. You can also go with online dating. That's another option. You may choose a general dating website or one specifically geared toward people with disabilities. But when you choose to disclose your disability is your call. So some people prefer to wait. Some some people prefer to wait to disclose a lot about themselves, whether they have children, whether they have, this is able-bodied or people with spinal cord injuries. Others like to get it out in the open. It's whatever you want to do. We all have issues about body image. It's normal to feel anxious about your body. And there are all sorts of changes that you need to get used to. You may have some visual scars or internal ones. You may have bladder and bowel issues. There may be some sexual issues. And so communication is important. It's vital. So remember, in spite of your injury, it is you that somebody is attracted to. You have not changed. None of us have perfect bodies. And, you know, it's true that beauty is in the behind, in the eye of the beholder. It may sound cliche, but it's certainly not. Many people go on to marry. Many people have experienced or sustained a, a spinal cord injury go on and, and meet lovely people, have families, have great careers. And I noticed that most of them, I have to say this surprised me initially, that most of them are not on antidepressants. They they seem to go back to their baseline after all of their hospitalization and, and the rehab um, is finished. And so, but you can live a very full and beautiful life um, after a spinal cord injury. There will be some changes. There, that's There's no doubt about that, but it doesn't mean that you won't have an incredible life. So, um, I just wanted to make a couple of points that sometimes people don't know. They think, oh, well, I won't, I'm not entitled to any claims. Um, you know, I'm not entitled to 
um, filing a claim. Nobody did anything wrong. And it's not necessarily about that. Um, but there, there certainly have been cases where somebody was mountain biking and, you know, settlements were made so that, so that the person could be accommodated for the rest of their life. And for the lawyers out there, I'm speaking to you as well. Sexuality, bladder and bowel health is vital for your clients. Don't be afraid to talk about it. Uh, you can email me, sextalk at cknw.com if you want some um, words to how to how to broach the subject with your clients. I'm happy to help with that. Um, so it's it's just vital that um, you know everybody is entitled to live their best life possible. So um, so keep that in mind. And you're still you know the the wonderful person that you were before. Nothing like that has changed. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about addiction and, um, you know, addiction, it's thought that it's rooted in childhood. That's why it's important that we raise our children well. The children are the priority in the relationship, in the marriage, in the family. They are the priority, but it doesn't mean that they run rickshaw over everybody. And it doesn't mean that your relationship isn't important. You have to demonstrate that to your children as well. If you're incredibly stressed out raising your children, that's going to be their memory. If you don't feel good about yourself, if you have gained a lot of weight and don't feel sexual and don't feel attractive and don't feel like having sex or you have low sexual desire or you're just stressed out or you're not into it. Um, I mean, you're not there to uh, please somebody else. Remember that sex is pleasurable for you as well. And it's actually associated with, um, you know, if you experience orgasm, it can help with sleep. And in fact, you know, so many people take uh, drugs to sleep. I can't believe it when they actually should be using the womanizer, <laughs> which is a little plug for the womanizer, which is the a clitoral suckling device. It is fantastic and it can help reduce that stress. You can have a little afternoon delight. You can bring it into the bedroom with your partner as well, but it is um, a much healthier way to get sleep than taking drugs, taking melatonin, which should not be taken more than, it's a hormone, melatonin. It should not be taken more than three nights in a row. And also a lot of people take Xanax or they take Zopiclone. Zopiclone will put you to sleep. It will not keep you asleep. But uh, the womanizer will actually put you to sleep and keep you to sleep. So we didn't get too much into the addiction. I, I talked about it a little bit throughout the program and talking about feelings. A lot of people ha- hide their feelings. They don't want to talk to their partners about their feelings because they feel that th- they don't want to put that on on their partner. And I, I was telling you, and probably by next week, I will have finished Russell Brand's book, From Addiction to Recovery. Cannabis, booze, acid, speed, coke, crack, heroin, Russell Brand took drugs every single day. And at one point, he started being afraid of the fact that he might die. And in fact, he was told that if he continued this behavior in six months time, he was going to be dead in prison or in an asylum. He got clean at the age of 27. And that was the the same age Amy Winehouse was when she died. And, and so this is a, if you are suffering with any addictions, uh, and we all have addictions, smartphones is a big one. Texting. I, I think that so, the reason we have so much texting on the road is it's an addiction. Um, but nobody seems to be saying that, but, uh, I just did. Okay. Uh, so look at yourself, take an honest, open inventory of yourself. Uh, being addicted is so easy, especially if there's pain in your life or pain in your past. Anyway, we'll, we'll address addiction next week. Um, also next week on the program, I have, uh, Dr. Roy Jackson. He's going to be talking about vaginal rejuvenation for women. We were having a, a conversation on the corner of Thurlow and Alberni, and I said, we got to take this conversation to the station. So we are, he's coming in next week, but anyway, 
Anyway, Matt, what I want to say to you is thank you so much. You've contributed so much to this program. It's been an honor and pleasure to work with you, and I wish you all the best. And I'm, I am heartbroken that you're going, but it's bittersweet. But I hope it's high, bigger pastures, and of course, you're always welcome back. Thank you so much. <laughs> I've had such a pleasure show. working with you. It's been a blast, I have to say. Anyway, go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca. Remember, when you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance. I'm Maureen McGrath. You've been listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.